Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello. Welcome back. It's a new week, new episode, but we're not going to waste any time. We're actually going to toss it on over to her and let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Julie Dorr. My husband is Sam Dorr. He is currently the president of FC Tulsa. So we're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we are in the soccer industry. The soccer industry is incredible. We've kind of ventured into it a little bit, but not nearly enough. And we know that soccer has a huge following and fans, and there's so much that goes into it. But we were so excited about this interview because we have never interviewed someone in soccer that's behind the scenes in the front office. So we're excited to dive into that. So you did not originally start in soccer. So tell us about the journey and what sports you have been involved with? Sure. So I played college soccer up at South Dakota State University. And after graduating, I worked for Learfield Sports. While working there, I had to work with the athletic department and Sam was the assistant athletic director of marketing. So kind of any promotion that we wanted to get approved, I had to go through him. And prior to joining Learfield, like, I guess the relationship wasn't really that great between like the athletic department, like Sam's kind of intense. And so you really had to have all your answers if you were going to him for approval. And then one night he like messaged me, DM me on Twitter and I didn't respond because I was like, not like, just not. (laughs) And then he double messaged me and then I was like, okay, I'll just respond. I have to work with him, whatever. And then the rest is history. So we just connected and you know, when you're in these like smaller towns, like these university towns, there's not a lot to do. So you spend a lot of time with your significant other, I guess, and you get to know each other easily. There's not the distraction of a big city. I feel like it took off quickly. We got engaged and then he's like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to be in sports. Like this is a lot like a big time commitment. So we moved to Milwaukee. He got out of sports for like two months and then he reconnected <laughs> with his old boss at the Spurs organization in San Antonio. And he's like, Hey, we're starting a soccer team. Like, do you want to come? I don't know. Operations manager, marketing manager. He was, the team wasn't even formed. So he was the very first employee for San Antonio. And so, um, we were there probably like two and a half, three years. And then Phoenix rising FC said, Hey, we need like a marketing person. We need like, you're the guy. So they actually flew both of us out, which was super nice because I had never been to Phoenix and he became the VP of marketing at Phoenix, Rising FC. And then we were there for a few years. And then we moved over to Arizona Coyotes, NHL. He was like VP of innovation and revenue. And then COVID hit, things got really like, they got new owners. So that was an interesting time, obviously, to kind of see what went into that, like dealing with COVID from a business side and then revenues and all that. And then, you know, in those roles, you're constantly talking to other teams to kind of figure out what's working, what's not working. What are you guys doing to stay innovative during this COVID period? And so probably, what was it? March, February, 
of 2021, we ended up in Fort Lauderdale. Um, he was the chief strategy officer for the Florida Panthers. And then this past May, June, we um, went back to soccer. Wow. You guys have moved a lot yeah. and done a lot of different things. That's crazy. But first, I want to go back a second because I need to know what he messaged you on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I have to know. <laughs> it was a song. Like, I think I had tweeted about a song and he did like the little like perfection emoji, like instead the title of the song. And I was just like, okay, no, I'm not. <laughs> But then he redeemed himself and yeah. all was good. You guys figured <laughs> yeah. it out. That's so funny. I always love the stories about people meeting on social media because I feel like, you know, it's usually a really funny like pickup line or mm -hmm. some kind of something funny. So I love that. Yeah. Okay. So you guys moved a lot, went to a lot of different sports. You've been through a lot of different things with the front office side of the sports industry. What has been the biggest challenge, do you think? You know, I think when you're in one of the big four sports, like the NHL, obviously you have significantly higher resources, not just from, you know, money standpoint, but personnel standpoint, but also with that comes politics, a lot stronger politics. And as you get higher up in these roles, you're not just dealing with the president, but you're dealing with the owners. Mm -hmm. And you realize in one thing like that has stuck with me is it's their money, right? Like this isn't just play money. Like that shirt that you're giving away to somebody or sweatshirt, that's their $45. Mm -hmm. So kind of realizing you're not just answering to the fans. You're not just answering to the president, but you're answering to the owners as well. I think that's something that sticks with me and kind of like their expectations. Yeah. They are watching this. It's not just the fans. So I think that's kind of, that's a lot yeah. to deal with. Yeah, I feel like having to balance with anything with money, when somebody invests in something, there's always a lot of pressure that comes out with that because people want to see a return. They want to see, okay, how is my money being allocated? What are we doing with these resources? What are we doing to be better? And Brittany and I actually were just talking about this earlier today is just there's so much pressure for a quick turnaround and quick results nowadays that it just, it seems to get faster and faster every single season. So I'm sure that you witnessed that with every single move is that people just want their results for their team to win. And so with that, how does your significant other balance that pressure? Because I'm sure as he moved from team to team and moved up in rankings with different sports, that pressure increased. Yeah, I think it's setting expectations, right? Like, hey, this going back, like we live in a world of instant results. Mm -hmm. And so that's expected on the field in like the business side too, um, and setting those expectations. And, you know, a lot of these owners, they are super successful, but they've never ran a sports team and sports run different than other businesses. So it's kind of like setting those expectations, like, yes, we will get there, but also I need you to understand, like, we've got to rebuild the team up. We have to kind of do things to get involved with the fans to get them to want to come to games. I think the biggest thing though is, is winning, right? Yeah. Like people want to launch a winning team. So I think it's a lot. Sometimes when he comes home, he doesn't really want to talk about like the day, which I get. And I think that's where I struggle. It's like, I'm home all day. I'm working, but like, I want to hear what's going on. I don't know if you guys get that with like, cause yeah. your spouses are coaches, but I want to know it's, I want to hear kind of the gossip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love the gossip. I thrive on it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, give me all the tea. And he's like, oh, my gosh, there's nothing new going on. I but know. <laughs> they think it's like the normal 
day to day, right? But for us, it's so interesting. And I think from the outside perspective of people like, you know, us interviewing you, like it's so interesting to hear what your significant other does, just the same as like others. So I think that when you're in it every single day, you don't realize how cool it might be to others that aren't in it every single day. So Mm -hmm. I think that perspective is always just so interesting to learn from different people. So what have you found that would be like a misconception of the front office staff or people on different sports teams that others don't maybe understand? I think that sometimes there's a misconception for what goes on. What I mean by that is when there's a new player signing, when that gets announced at 9 p.m., there's somebody making the graphics for social media. There's somebody making sure the jerseys are available to order online right at that moment because that's a big revenue generator. Mm-hmm. When people get fired, right? Like you're pulling the trigger, that's somebody's livelihood. And then the backlash from outside in. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things we realize as he's climbed is kind of when you're doing that you take all of the heat. Mm-hmm. We actually ended up getting rid of our Twitter accounts because the things people will say behind the screen are alarming, first off. Yes. Yeah. But second off, it's like, they don't know what goes in, right? Like when you trade a player, you don't know their contract date. You don't know, are they not meshing with the coach? Are they, you know, having other family issues where this is the right thing for the club and for the player? Right, yeah. So I think, fans are just they're wonderful they're the best things but they can also be your worst critic yes yeah we know the worst (laughs) yeah we know that one I think it is interesting how powerful people can be behind a screen just because there's no really call out or people just feel so much strength and behind texting or messaging something that they have no idea what's going on so we definitely feel that deep in our soul Uh (laughs) we know that one from experience with that though with your role I know that you've moved around a lot you were working in athletics so what really surprised you because you know we as significant others we support our other significant other in the sports industry and help them move around and do all these things so what did you do to keep your identity or was there a time that you kind of lost it that you're like okay we got to figure this out I think it's hard right like it really is I think the one thing I I didn't expect is how lonely it can be and it's in an interesting situation too because it's like hanging out with the people from his work he's their boss right so there's that line so soccer what's really I think unique about that at least at USL level is you do have access to the players last night we went to Tulsa University soccer game and there's some players there and we sat with them and their wives and you want to like befriend them and like you can but there's that line right yeah but going back to your question like keeping your identity I think it's always a challenge you know until you get really solidified in that new city and find something you're passionate about and make your friends it's hard especially working from home. And so what are you doing now? I work for a company called Silver Sneakers. It's a fitness Medicare Advantage benefit. And I think that's where that you do feel a little bit isolated, right? Because like working virtually is different than going to an office. Yes. We we both work from home. So we get it. We totally understand. It's hard sometimes when you're like, you want that connection and the socialization of being in an office. So can you explain the differences between the levels in soccer? Because I swear, I never, I never understand it. Nope, have no idea. <laughs> Absolutely. So MLS is Major League Soccer. So that's like NHL, MLB, NFL. And then USL is still professional soccer. 
some of the players, I will say, are good enough to play in MLS, but USL has some added benefits. So if you're not going to make a lot of money in MLS or get playing time, the players get housing provided in USL, which is a big perk. I would love that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> or they'll get stipends just depending on how contracts are written, but majority get housing. Well, there's different tiers in USL, I should say. So there's USL Championship League, which is what we're in. So that's like the top tier of USL. Then there's USL League One. And then there's USL Pro, which is like college kids playing in the summer. See, this is, yeah, this is foreign to me. I had <laughs> like no I idea. Had no clue. No. And so is it a feeder system at all? Kind of like the minor leagues to majors? Or is it mostly like you're in just this group and it's kind of like, that's it? So no, it's not like minor leagues. Some MLS teams do have two teams. So like they can play up um, with the pro, the pro team. I put that in quotes. Not traditionally do they have like working relationships with the MLS teams. That's so interesting. Yeah, that is crazy because you would you would hope that the end goal would to be in the top tier league to be able to keep moving up. But it sounds like that it's pretty set in stone with contracts. And with that, does your um, husband, does he deal a lot with like player trading? Do they do that? Like recruiting? How does that part work? Because I know there's a lot that goes into that with getting a player to sign with your team. Yeah. So that was a big thing that I wasn't prepared for mentally, I guess, always being on the phone with agents and the agent, you, obviously you have a lot of international players in soccer. Um, so you have agents in London, you have agents in Jamaica, you have them in all these different times and, and kind of working with the coach to decide, Hey, like, do we need this type of player and negotiating with that? And they have a players union type setup, but one of the new benefits of that for teams is they can trade without the player's consent. Oh. So previously the player would have to agree to go to a different team, but now they can trade players within the league. And I think that's difficult sometimes to do, like when you yeah. start to know these players and their families and you're kind of like uprooting them to another place, that that's hard, but also you need to win, right? Right. So that's the right yeah. Thing. That's so hard. I feel like because there's the human aspect of mm -hmm. running a business and you're like, you need to do what's best for the organization, but you also have feelings for these people that work for you and maybe are friends with you or even acquaintances. Like that's really hard to make those tough decisions. And I think that's something that people probably don't realize from the outside. Like that's weighing on them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just an easy, quick decision. Like, let's just get this player out and let's move. I mean, maybe sometimes if they're like a trouble person, but you know, most of the time I'm sure it's not. So what does this schedule look like? I'm sure it's crazy. You just mentioned that there's people from all different time zones probably calling at all different hours. But what is like the set typical schedule during season? So FC Tulsa currently plays at a baseball stadium. So our home games are kind of lumped together because that's when the baseball team's away and they have to put turf out on the baseball. Sorry, I'm calling this wrong thing, the baseball dirt. <laughs> so typically a week, we would have one game, sometimes two games, like a Wednesday, Saturday, or just a Saturday game. And then during the week, it's obviously preparing for those home games at their home, making sure tickets are on track, all the other like operational stuff is ready. Away games, weeks are probably a little bit more calmer, but you're still preparing for that next home game. And the season runs from March to like October. So it is a long season and it is during the summer, which I'm like 
want to do vacations and all that. So it does make it hard. See, the, we're the opposite. Yeah, we, we feel like we would, we have summers, but we're like, we'd rather have Christmas. So I yeah. feel like you just never, you always you never. want what you don't have. <laughs> and with the That's timing right. of that, what does it look like? Like he goes in at eight, comes home at five, and then he's on the phone until the lights turn out. What does that look like on a daily time schedule? Sure. Yeah. So he probably leaves around 730-ish in the morning to get in at eight. And then he's home 536. It depends if there's like an event or some type of function he needs to go to in the evenings. But I don't know about your husband, but he is always on the phone when he walks in the door. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we have a three-year-old and it's the funniest thing because he has started to repeat whatever Sam says back (laughs) on the phone. So... (laughs) If he's talking, if it's like a long sentence, our son will start saying like the first half of the sentence and then he'll be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. and it's like right in his face. And it's the funniest. I'm like, well, yep. get off the phone then. I love that. I'm going to start doing that even though I don't have kids. I'm going to just start doing it. Repeating what Drew repeating says. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I that will get that. him off the phone faster. No, I I think that's a great idea. I love it. With that, though, with all the events that he has, you were saying in the evening time, we're trying to change the narrative of like, you don't have to show up to everything. Like, it's great if you are the significant other and you want to be there at those things. But there's also a part of you like in the back of your mind where you're like, I need to be there. Like, I cannot skip this, whether it's like a game or like a function. So do you feel like there's an expectation for you to be present at these events or community events for the team? Team because of the presence and the way that it, you know, optics may look? Yes and no. I, I do think there's importance in really making it a community mm-hmm. type team and program and culture. And I would love to be at these events and, but I can't now having yeah. a three-year-old team that I try to go to as many games as I can, but going back to moving again, when you move these, you don't have family nearby and like finding a new sitter. I mean, that is part of it. And I would love to be at the events, but I can't. And I think there's understanding about that, but I do think there is some importance sometimes, even though you don't have to be. Yeah, definitely. We feel that too. I think that there's different things that you feel like you need to be at. And there's Mm -hmm. other times where you're like, okay, I can take this time to maybe do my own thing or focus on things that I need to focus on. So we understand that perspective. So from going to soccer to hockey, back to soccer, what <laughs> what were the changes like for that? What was like some differences that you noticed from your perspective? Yeah, so I think having been a soccer player, I'm obviously most comfortable in the soccer world, if you will. I'm familiar with the community. I don't know if you guys have seen any soccer, but soccer fans are loyal. They yes. are amazing maybe a little crazy. So it was exciting to have the opportunity to be at all of these different soccer teams, Mm -hmm. but also like selfishly, it was exciting to be part of one, like the big four teams, not teams, leagues. People know a lot more about NHL, Yeah, but our quality of life, South Florida's different breed. It, it wasn't necessarily the best to raise a kid in, for elite, like you moved mid COVID, just the housing market there and school systems and all of that, like that was a lot for us. Like I would have to get our son out of the car before I pulled into the garage because the garage was so small. So like the quality of life in that regard wasn't as great. Yeah. My husband loves working in soccer. I mean, he's passionate about all sports, but being back in soccer was 
kind of like his bread and butter, if you will. And so, although it's a lot of stress being the number one guy, if you will, he wakes up and enjoys it every day. Not that he didn't before, but it's a special, you know, there's a difference. There's a difference for sure. Yeah. I think that's so important too. Like we always talk about this in this industry. I think that you have to have that passion because if you don't, you just aren't going to make it and it's going to be miserable for Mm -hmm. everybody because this is a lot of time and commitment and all of the things that go into being in the sports industry. And if you don't have that passion, then you're just going to be miserable. So do you know where he wants to go eventually? Does he want to stay in soccer? Would he go to like different sports? Is he going to come to football? Like what? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think for the foreseeable future, would love to stay in Tulsa and grow this team to be really successful. You know, another thing going back to your question of the transition between the different sports, when there's more money, in a sport, mm-hmm. it's easy to get caught up in different things. Yeah. But what was important to you when you met your spouse, right? And what's important to your family? And really like honing in on that. And sometimes I think it's easy to get lost when you're surrounded by fancy things all the time. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. And we we always reflect, both Brittany and I, because we never want to be in a mindset and being in this industry where we're not really being like a light or like serving in a way that it actually makes a difference because you could get easily caught up like with what you're saying because people, I think, also feed into that and they think that it's so neat and so glamorous that you kind of can absorb the way that that feels. But it sounds like that you and your husband have a very, like rooted level mindset when it comes to this industry. And that is incredible that you view it that way because not everyone is like that. (laughs) So we can say that it is very rare, um, which it shouldn't be, but it can be in this industry. So that's great. And with that, do you feel like you have found your place where you can be involved or that you feel like you can kind of make your own difference, whether it be connecting with other significant others or being a resource? Like what have you found that you can help other women in this industry? Yeah, I think it's being okay with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And the president of San Antonio FC, when we um, moved down to San Antonio, his wife was so hands-on and really set kind of what I think should be kind of the standard across where no job was too small for you as a spouse to help, whether that's working like a check-in table for something or, you know, listening to a fan as silly as that sounds. But I think just being there to support your spouse, because that's kind of the reality, right? Like, and that's why I did get out of sports both being in sports, that would be very difficult. Not saying that you can't do it, but I think it's okay saying like, I'm not the star here and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But how can I help support? And I think that's like, as a spouse, like that's what we're supposed to do, right? Yeah, I totally agree. I think in general, like I love that perspective. I actually was talking about this the other day with my mom. Like, I think no matter where you are in the rankings, like you know, even our significant others need to think about this. And I always try to talk to Drew about it. I'm like, I don't care if you are the best football coach out there. You always have to remember 
and never be too big to do the small things because you were there once and you were doing the small things. And I think, you know, I've looked at my boss, like a VP of a company, you know, bussing tables. And I think I always remember that because I'm like, she wasn't doing it to be like, you should be doing your job. She was doing it because that's just, she was helping out the team. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's a great perspective for us as well as significant others. So if you could go back in time and tell your younger self just getting started in this industry, one thing you've learned, what would it be? I would tell myself like change is just going to keep happening. Like be okay with it. I don't know about you guys, but when I move, it's like I dig my heels in and like you're going to have to drag me there because (laughs) I am finally comfortable. Like please don't make me leave. And it's always like for the better and all of that. But just I knew that we wouldn't be like settled, settled, but I don't think I was prepared for the extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I joke with Sam now that when I go to the grocery store, if I see somebody I know, it's time to move because <laughs> like I have to like make myself look presentable now. <laughs> it's time to move. It's time to move. That's so funny. Well, we love that you came on and shared your heart and just where um, your journey has taken you so far. And I'm sure that we will connect with you more. And that if anyone wants to find you, though, and ask questions or just for you to be a resource to them with your journey, where can they find you on social media? My handle is jdor, D-O-E-R-R-19. Feel free to message me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the pod. And thank you for everyone that's listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season Podcast or on TikTok at More Than a Season for the latest updates. If you have enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.